Hi, it's Jamie, Progressive's Employee of the Month, two months in a row. Leave a message at the... Hi, Jamie. It's me, Jamie. I just had a new idea for our song about the Name Your Price tool. So when it's like, tell us what you want to pay, hey, 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 and the trombone goes, blah, 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 and you say, we'll help you find coverage options to fit your budget. Then we just all do finger snaps while a choir goes, savings coming at ya, savings coming at ya. Yes? No? Maybe? Anyway, see your practice tonight. I got new lyrics for the rap break. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hello. I am back. Matt Williamson here, Locked On NFL Podcast. You are back. Belly up to the bar, grab a seat, pour yourself a libation, and let's do a little chatting about a few of these games uh, carrying over from the weekend. Well, carrying over from last night. Oh, man. Denver beats up on Houston. Game started really slow, obviously. Not a lot of scoring at the beginning. Man, Brock Osweiler, though. I mean, that's the that's the lead here, right? Is Houston spent a ton of money on Brock Osweiler. Second fewest passing yards in an NFL game in the history of the NFL on 40 or more attempts. 41 attempts for 131 yards. Holy cow. I mean, he was especially terrible... He was terrible. He was terrible. He, but he was especially terrible throwing deep downfield. Very inaccurate, inaccurate. Terrible. Terrible. It was bad against the blitz. It was bad against any pressure of any kind. And he fumbled twice. Horrible. Uh, is he the only problem in Houston? No, but man, he is a long way away from being an NFL player. NFL starting player that position. Um, early in the game, Newton, their right tackle, he tore patella tendons in both knees. Oh, man. It sounds brutal. Um, Clark went to right tackle. He's played quite a bit. He got abused by Von Miller, especially later in the game. Von Miller really heated up in the second half, became a dominant player, highly, highly disruptive as usual. You know, Clark's a little bit better than the average backup right tackle, but he was no match. Um, The other side of the offensive line I thought played pretty well, though. You know, from center to left tackle with Dwayne Brown back, something encouraging. But I also thought that uh, Tlaib, the, the corners in general, Harris, did a really good job of shutting down Fuller and Hopkins. They looked like they were pretty much never open. So, I mean, that's not Osweiler's fault. We can blame Osweiler for a lot. I also thought Wolf showed up with a couple big plays. Yeah, he's a really perfect fit in their 3-4. Tough guy. Uh, good athlete. Getting better. Um, they also lost Lamar Miller in this game. I haven't heard more about that. Um, on the other side of the ball... Anderson and Booker were pretty much gashing Houston up the gut. And I wonder, this was not a good showing by Vince Wilfork. Is this the end of the road for what I think is a Hall of Fame player, an all-time great? Um, Booker out-snapped Anderson, but not by a lot. I mean, I'm not sure that that's you know, a direction they're going, that Booker's becoming the man or anything like that. But uh, the offensive line, especially on the interior, was really good. Saw a lot of two-back runs. They're using a pure fullback. And 
Uh, my buddy Ross Tucker mentioned last night on Twitter that, man, it looks like so many teams, so many defenses in the NFL don't know how to defend two back runs anymore. You know, the and what he and I think the words he says were don't know how to set their run fits against two running back runs. You know, fullback coming downhill. You have you know what shoulder should I take him on in order to force the the running back to the opposite direction? You know the fits are obviously different than with tight ends or spread in the field. He might have a point about that. Uh, I think that's a really good point because there's a handful of teams you know like Atlanta that are going back to old school fullback and it's working. And I don't think that's an accident. Uh, what else do we got going here? I thought Emmanuel Sanders had a nice game. Uh, Houston has a lot of injuries. And Kareem Jackson was coming back from a hamstring. He did not look 100%. He had a tough time, obviously, too. Man, uh, you just have to ride with Osweiler, obviously. I mean, what else are you going to do? And, and I think he's going to see more and more blitz as the season goes on. You know, why not? He doesn't handle it well. Um, meanwhile, Houston blitzed a lot, and Simeon handled it quite well, I thought. I, I don't mean to ignore him, because I rarely say much good about Simeon, but he was even keeled, didn't have to make a, t- lot, a lot of tough throws, but he executed very much Denver's formula for winning, and, and they performed it to a T in this one. You know, this is exactly how Denver game should could go, how they want them to go, how they script them. Um, and the last note is Arian Foster. You know, I want to mention that with Houston, I know he's a Dolphin, but he's, you know, he's a Texan. Um, someone mentioned he's the second best running back in Houston history, if you go back to the Oilers, Earl Campbell. Uh, I think that's very true. I mean, and you look at the Texans' brief history, and he's clearly a an all-time great Texan, you know, with guys like Andre Johnson and, you know, J.J. Watt's going to be in that category, and you know, maybe Hopkins and people like that. Um, really interesting story of, you know, getting to the NFL and he sounds like a very unique guy. Um, but it seems like the time's right too. I mean, obviously Jay Ajayi is now the guy in Miami and, um, Foster was, uh, it, it seemed hesitant to even come back at one point in the off season anyway. So, uh, he will be missed. He has been fun to watch over the years. Very, very good player. I'll tell you about one of our many great sponsors, Mac Weldon and, one of their themes, one of their slogans are, you know, that we're just better than whatever you're wearing right now. And my limited, granted, small sample size, hasn't hasn't played a lot of games with them yet. Um, but I'm impressed, man. I think they're a winner. They, and I think they're right, that they are better than whatever you're wearing right now. Mack Weldon believes in smart design, premium fabrics. The, the premium fabric thing shows up in a big way the second you take it out of the box. And simple shopping. My shopping experience was super easy. Because I mentioned before, they sent me a promo code. Um, and boom, I, I was done in like five minutes. It showed up like two days later. It was unbelievable. They'll be the most comfortable underwear, socks, t-shirts, undershirts, hoodies, and sweatpants that you will ever wear. I can certainly comment on the t-shirts. And my wife will tell you about the hoodie. She never takes it off on these you know chilly Pittsburgh days. Uh, they have a line of silver underwear and shirts that are naturally, and I always say this wrong, antimicrobial. Antimicrobial. Yes. Which means they eliminate odor. Macrell and antimicrobial. I still say it wrong, and I just sit here looking at it over and over. Antimicrobial. Okay. Means they eliminate odor. 
They gotta try that with the underwear. That's a that's a stiff chore. Let's see if they're up for it. I have a feeling they are. If you want to be comfortable so you don't like your first pair, you can keep it, and they will still refund you, no questions asked. Not only does Mack Weldon's underwear, socks, and shirts look good, they perform well, too. You can work out, you can go out in them, you can go out on dates, you can just bum around the house watching football on Sunday, or listening to me on the Locked On NFL podcast while you're working out in your Mack Weldon's. I dig it. Uh, go to MacWeldon.com and get 20% off using the promo code L-O-N-F-L. L-O-N-F-L. All right. Uh, let's talk... Ugh. Let's talk Vikes falling to the Eagles. So both these teams come in and had only turned the ball over between them going into this game three times. That's obviously been their formula for winning. They don't have a lot of losses between them going into this game. Defensive-oriented football teams made a lot of big plays on special teams. Five turnovers in the first ten minutes. They're also good at causing turnovers, but it was a it was a shit show for the beginning. I mean, it was you take it, I take it, you take it. I mean, it was unbelievable. Um, major. Uh, major great defense here. Okay, let's not overlook that. That's the sort of like when we talked about Cardinals, Seahawks. Um, but the problem here is there's also major O-line problems. And Eagles O-line is in better shape than Minnesota's by a large margin. The right tackle position is still a big hole and will be till Lane Johnson comes back. But it wasn't as gaping of a problem. Kelsey's starting to play better, and I think we trust that he's a pretty good center. Peters is strong. The guards are pretty good. Um, but Philly, I mean, they lost Andre Smith and they lost Khalil, the right and left tackle, respectively. Neither one were very good to begin with. And now they are playing with Searles, Clemmings, and they just signed Jake Long. And it was like a rotation of... I hope one of you guys can block anybody. None of them can block any of them. Jake Long looks old and slow. Maybe he'll get better the more he plays. It's been a while. It's been a year or so. Clemmings is still very much a project. Their O-line is a nightmare. I mean, to me, it's a fatal flaw. I mean, they don't face an aggressive upfield defense like the Eagles every week. And Brandon Graham, if you don't know who Brandon Graham is, he is a star, a stud, one of the best edge pass rushers in the game. He was great again in this one. Do some homework on him. Former first-round pick. Bradford was under constant pressure. And then they started bringing blitzes, you know, and zone blitzes, stuff that they don't usually do. I mean, you got to remember, Bradford was with this team recently, Hadn't seen these zone blitzes. He looked confused. He was hit often. They brought defensive backs. I mean, it looked like it was fun to be Philly's defensive coordinator here. Like, man, we got this guy on the hook, and he thinks he knows our defense, but nobody can block anyways. I'm going to throw whatever I want at him because it's going to work because they can't block. And that's really what happened. And Minnesota has no run game. They dropped four passes in this game as well. Um <laughs> <laughs> it's tough to win that way. And oh, by the way, you know, Huff has a 98-yard uh, kickoff return for a touchdown. That was gigantic in this game. It wasn't like either team was moving the ball very often. The Vikes also lost a ball on a muffed punt. So let's look at the Vikes for a minute. Tons of turnovers. 
killed on special teams with two two huge plays. Couldn't block a soul. Zero running game on the road against a quality opponent. Yeah, you're going to lose that game. Um, Philly's pretty good, though. And I would say that without question, this was Wentz and Bradford's worst games yet, you know, in their respective uniforms as a starter with their new teams. Um, but I'm still very much a Wentz believer. And I wouldn't say that he was any worse against the Vikings defense than Cam Newton was or Aaron Rodgers was. You know, I mean, they've kind of been doing this to every quarterback they play this year. I, I still am a little concerned about Carson Wentz's supporting cast. Uh, he didn't complete a pass over 10 yards. Uh, that's hard to do, too. But a very strange game. And this game brings me to a topic. Uh, tomorrow tomorrow will be Power Ranks. And tomorrow evening, I'm going to do another one of those, have a guest on, a very special guest from outside the Locked On NFL Network. I think you might remember him. I'm not going to tell you who it is yet. And a major topic I'm going to discuss with this fella is it's amazing, and it was very obvious in this game is what brought it up to me. You know, is what made it even more apparent. And I heard Andy Benoit mention it too, or read his article where you know just mentioned it in the article, and it's very true. And you know, it's not news, but it's something I think we all need to think about: is that NFL defensive lines are so much past NFL offensive lines right now. And I think one of the big conversations people have had on Twitter and about the NFL in general is, man, it's become really unwatchable and all the penalties. And, well, this is one of the problems. I mean, if the offense loses in the trenches consistently, like we saw in this game, that's going to happen. I mean, there's some, uh, and part of it's, because offensive linemen are not being developed at the college level. And we're going to talk more about this in the, the, the special with our guests. Um, but also, there's some unbelievable physical specimens coming out every year in the defensive line. I mean, go look at what Alabama's playing with right now. Every year, and I can make a very long list. And I'm not sure if you remember this, and we weren't chatting back then, but over the offseason... I was doing like top 20 lists, top 20 running backs, top 20 inside linebackers, you know. And some positions are hard to come up with 20 or whatever quality guys. Defensive linemen, there's a bazillion. You know, Fletcher Cox is a great player, but he's like the fifth or sixth. You know, is he better than Mo Wilkerson and, you know, Aaron Donald and Geno Atkins? And I mean, there's so many unbelievable ones, even just in this game. Guys like Hunter that you don't know about as much as you probably should, or Griffin. You know, these guys are great players, highly disruptive, that are better better football players than the people blocking them almost every week. So that is a, a topic I'm very excited to discuss tomorrow evening, and we'll get that to you as soon as possible. Is that the new iPhone? Yeah, got it on T-Mobile. Fastest iPhone deserves America's fastest LTE network. Introducing the amazing iPhone 8. It's the best iPhone yet, now on America's best unlimited network. For a limited time, save up to $300 on the amazing iPhone 8 after 24 monthly bill credits. And now join T-Mobile's iPhone upgrade program for free. Eligible trade-in and finance agreement required. If you cancel service, you may lose promo credits. Contact us for details. Video at 480p. Small fraction of users over 50 gigs per month may have reduced speed. See store for details. Okay, let's finish this up with talking about Kansas City, New Orleans. And I just wrote an article, check my timeline, at Williamson NFL. 
kind of a state of the Chiefs offense. Uh, they're playing Andy Reid football right now. You know, they, they came back off the bye. We know how good Andy is coming off the bye. Um, and he's got the team playing his style of football. Uh, what that means is Alex Smith doesn't have to throw a lot. Don't make a ton of mistakes. Play good defense. High quality running game. And you would think, yeah, Jamal Charles is back. They're ready to do that. Well, I don't think Jamal Charles is back. And I'm not sure he ever will be. I worry about that. You know, explosion was such an important part of his game, and it's not there. I mentioned in the article he might be the ideal guy, though, that a month or six weeks from now, after not getting much of a workload, gets healthy, and he's that, quote, fresh set of legs that comes in the game and hasn't taken the beating that the other running backs have all year and finishes the season really strong as a nice complimentary piece. But it's Spencer Ware's the man. I mean, Spencer Ware's a really good back, all-around back, does everything well. Um, he's leading this offense. So they've been really playing their style since the bye, and they're and they're also really tough to beat at home. Um, you know, Alex Smith is Alex Smith, and they know that. But he, he had a big TD pass to Hill, and he did really well versus the Blitz. I mean, a, yet another efficient game, not turning the ball over. I was super worried about the Chiefs' guard play, and I think the offensive line is improving overall. I don't think it'll ever be great because of the guards. Um, The play of the game, obviously, was Daniel Sorensen's pick six. That was huge. And and he showed up a couple times, you know, with a sack and an athletic guy. I need to do some more homework on him, but um, that play was huge. Drew, Ble- Drew Brees, his numbers are really good. I would say they're a, they were a bit inflated. You know, they were in comeback mode and throwing like crazy in the fourth quarter. But Drew Brees is still a stud. I mean, he's still playing extremely well. I thought Thomas, Sneed, Cooks, they all did their part. Thomas is absolutely a keeper. Um, he's His role seems to be growing. Um, Ingram hasn't been bad. I know he's probably not making your fantasy team super happy, but I don't think he's a problem. I think it's he'll get on track. Um, but I would say that the Saints and Breeze could stand to get more from their running game overall. You know, the, this, the, the, they're too Breeze-dependent. And as great as he is, he's not quite what he once was. And that's asking a lot, especially because as sloppy as the Saints played with you know, penalties and except, you know, those type of things, they beat themselves more. And that's just a lot for Breeze to overcome on the road against a team like Kansas City that's playing well and controlling the ball and playing their style of play. So if you look at the Chiefs schedule, I mean, they're now four and two after getting, you know, beat really bad by the Steelers. They come off their bye and win their next two. So they beat Oakland at home, or they beat at Oakland. They won, and then they beat New Orleans at home. But I bring it up, and you know, I'm not big into looking ahead of schedules usually. But the next four games for the Chiefs, I mean, this division's highly competitive, and I keep getting asked who's the best team in the division. I don't know. We'll talk about that tomorrow on Power Ranks. But I, I don't know how to rank those four. I really could put all four in the hat and say these are. And I think the divisional games will really be dependent on the on the winner of that division. But I bring it up because the Chiefs right now, their schedule is pretty favorable. You know, like I said, they're sitting at 4-2. and two. They go to Indy. They host Jacksonville. They go to Carolina. They host Tampa. 
they could be eight and two or seven and three, and then they go to Denver, then they go to Atlanta. I mean, it doesn't end easy. Denver and San Diego at the end of the season, but it's not all that far fetched to think of this team as an eight and two type of team, considering the next four opponents. So there you have it. Tomorrow will be power ranks. Tomorrow will be a special guest on a different podcast, an additional, a sixth podcast for the week, a little bonus prize. Um, drop me a line on Twitter at WilliamsonNFL. Thursday will be Twitter Thursday as usual. Have a great one. Take care. Progressive brings you Flowetry with Flow. When Flow flows, she flows in the know. Mind ruminates the rates. Shown them all, I heed the call. Seeing the rest, I choose the best. Sometimes it's ours, sometimes it's not. When the fox walks, is it called a fox trot? That's a real question. Compare Progressive Direct rates with competitors' rates. Visit Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Comparison rates not available in all states or situations. Prices vary based on how you buy.